0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, it's uh, generally agreed that uh, the Russians uh, hacked and uh, tried to have influence on the last U.S. election. Well, just about everybody except people in the White House. I, I think I agree to that finally. Uh, and there are elections not till next year. And uh, as was stated in the Mueller report, the uh, U.S. officials need to be cognizant of the fact that the Russians uh, will do that once again. But as a warm-up to that, it looks as if they're sticking their nose into the Canadian election. Uh, a recent report out here says that uh, uh, Russia could be meddling in Canada's election to to growing interest in the Arctic. It's it's a bit of a different idea. I'm not so sure that they're really trying to change the outcome of the election, but they certainly want to change people's attitudes. Uh, let's uh, talk about this with Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at uh, Carleton University. Elliot, great to have you with us again. Thanks for the time.
1: <laughs> Good morning, Bill.
0: We, this is This is... I think, to be expected, isn't it? I mean, the Russians were involved in the U.S. election. They were involved in the Brexit referendum a few years ago. Uh, they're, they're really flexing their, their, their muscle when it comes to this sort of yeah. activity. And all
1: over uh, Europe as well, as kind of as a warm-up for Brexit. And then that was a warm-up for the U.S. And now we're talking about our own election. <laughs> so the <clears throat> there's a bunch of issues involved here. One is, are we any more ready than... Um, we were before to handle with an increasing threat of of interference in a multiplicity of ways in our own election. We're in a whole new era where foreign interest if they so choose can do things. And then there's the whole issue of the Arctic and Russian interest and in competition there and uh, and what you started out with. Just how reliable are elections? How How tainted was the Brexit vote? How tainted was the American vote? Remember, there was only, what, 100,000 votes total in three states that determined the last American election, which was heavily influenced or heavily attacked in various ways by, uh, by cyber means in advance.
0: Yeah, and I know that was one of the uh, the ways that well, some of the people at Fox and others were saying, "Oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. They can't the U.S. uh, can't be swayed like that. You can't sway a nation to vote. You don't need to." All you had to do was a, a, a few people in Michigan, a few people in Ohio, and it's they do it with disinformation and, and some false stories. And we already know what a number of those were. Uh, and obviously, they're at play. They did the same thing in Brexit, too. There were false numbers that were thrown out there about how great this was going to be and, and Britain was actually going to benefit from this sort of stuff. And, and essentially, the day after the referendum, as you know, of course, the Lafarge and the others simply said, hey, we were just kidding. Uh, we just made all that stuff up. Uh, But it's a little too late then, uh, just as it is too late after an election to say, well, maybe we should have been a little more cognizant of what was happening here.
1: What we have is a whole new era now that we are increasingly aware of and increasingly attempting to come to grips with in terms of how things actually work. I mean, it's dirt cheap compared to building, you know, an aircraft carrier or a few stealth bombers. It's very inexpensive to set up a cyber capacity, implement it, and particularly when so far we've been less than aware of the hybrid nature of it. So sometimes it's by troll, sometimes it's by direct interference, often it's on Facebook and other kinds of social media. In the case of the U.S., the, uh, <laughs> the Russians are allegedly, uh, pretty conclusively, it's shown they actually set up floats in parades. With uh, cages to lock up Hillary Clinton. So creating dissension for whatever purposes among uh, potential enemies, or at least those that you want to weaken, is increasingly cheap, sophisticated, and hard to counter.
0: The author of the study, uh, Sergei Suhankin, uh, yes. actually states in, in here that he says, look, at, uh, to have the impact on the outcome of the election may be a little more difficult in Canada than it was in the United States. Uh, he says that uh, because we are not as polarized uh, yes. politically uh, and societally, I'm not so sure, well, maybe not as bad, but we, we certainly so have some of the same symptoms.
1: Yes, he uh, actually, the longer report is is addressing the general issues that you and I are now discussing the role of cyber and then he says well what what does that mean for Canada and you know he he's using uh, russian sources he's got uh, extraordinary access to material that those of us who are not russian speakers natively um, have so he's he's bringing a perspective that uh, and ringing an, al- ringing an alarm bell that It's not just Russia generally around the world. It's us in particular, and in particular they have an interest in the Arctic, and therefore they might interfere in our elections. But it isn't to get a particular result. It's just to uh, raise awareness back in um, Russia as part of their uh, rally around the flag. But also Russia's angry at us over Crimea, and Russia's angry over us because we have uh, joined NATO in Latvia, to monitor things so they are they have reasons to be uh, choosing canada as a target involving uh, among other things their increasing interest in the arctic
0: and it's interesting to note uh, at least according to this report anyway that uh, that some of the misinformation that, that's being disseminated at this stage is actually as you mentioned uh, going back to russia and it's it's to curry public favor with that population which by the way yeah. is in, is kind of on a, a because of the moscow elections is they've got their own problems there right now uh, but but it's basically to change their opi- or to form their opinions i guess about canada about ukraine right. the justification for the the invasion uh, and and think th- sub- uh, backlash that they got, of course, from uh, from a number of other people. Uh, so th- this is a double-edged sword that they're dealing with here.
1: Yes, they, it, it faces inward, faces outward. If they need to present a coherent picture at home of a brave, historic nation under attack and uh, has to defend itself. And that illegitimate means are being used to portray Russia in a negative light. And look, here's all this stuff from abroad, and there's a lot of uh, uh, they they, they draw on the, it's interesting, and uh, we overlook this a lot here. They draw heavily on the anti fascist nature of what they are standing up for. Russia has been subject to fascist activities. You remember the Germans attacked. I think we totally have underestimated in the West the impact of the Second World War and the siege of Stalingrad. And, you know, the, there was real cost, there was real pain there. And um, the preservation of that kind of. Uh, we were attacked we we are the defenders against fascism and therefore anybody that's against us we, we can show they're fascist and that includes canada and they attack our foreign minister on spurious grounds on that so it part of that is you know rally around at home and have a coherent uh, picture at home totally ignoring the fact that russia meanwhile is supporting the farthest right groups they can all across europe <laughs> financially as well as in uh, cyber means uh, apparently so uh... Abroad, they have very specific goals and very specific means of implementing them in terms of against Canada, as this report suggests.
0: And they make it personal too, don't they? I mean, they certainly they did do. in the US election where they af- went after Hillary Clinton. Uh and yes. but and and they clearly took a side on that. I mean, they did not want her to win uh for a variety of reasons. Some of the I think date all the way back to some of her policy initiatives when she was Secretary of State. Uh but I I guess they also looked at Trump as as an easy mark and it's obviously turned out to be that way. Uh but they're making it personal against Freeland and uh, even against Trudeau too.
1: Yes. Uh I think it's important to underline that Canada has, it, as, as this report is trying to do, wake up, Canada. That's really the nature of this report. There's issues here. There's, you better know about this. It's coming. It's happening. It's happened in the past. And the report, interestingly, traces the evolution from Soviet-era era propaganda to post-Soviet to Putin and how he's using it. But uh, it should be noted that uh, as part of that wake up, in January, the, Canada, the government of Canada did announce a whole string of measures to say, yes, we are aware that there's a cyber threat to us, and a hybrid threat is that. It's not just cyber. It's, it's uh, Then they get into social media. Then they use intelligence and other things. So uh, in January, there were, there were a raft of measures announced, uh, which led, among other things, to what the report alludes to. And the, the press has picked up on the appointment of a kind of a watchdog group of senior civil servants, they're not there as the government says to referee them, the 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 election, but it's a critical uh, incident report group, nonpartisan, so that if something does crop up, this group of people and they very powerful individuals in, the, in the, across the government uh, can at least be aware of it and draw attention to the fact our elections are being interfered with. But there was also a cybersecurity center set up within our intelligence services. There's a, uh, uh, there's a multiplicity of efforts to say, look, we, we are aware there's an issue, we are doing something about it, and Canada had better be aware of this. And one of the things they're doing, the government is doing, is putting, I think, $7.1 million into a public awareness campaign of digital interference in our
0: elections. Which is absolutely necessary, by the way, because one of the, the things that really sticks in my craw about this is the platforms that they're being used here—Facebook, uh, things of yeah. this nature, and Twitter—have have also said that, well, "Yeah, we're going to try to screen this stuff." But they said, even if we identify it, we're not going to tell anybody that it's—it's—they it, 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 it's, say it's still up to the to the reader to make that decision whether or not it's it's fake news or whether it's uh, you know that that sort of activity or whether it's truism, uh, which is the point of hacking in the first place—to uh, make it look realistic. And if the if it's, that it's not helping matters at all so the government really has to step up here because they are not really getting much cooperation from those platforms
1: yes and there's a lot of um, across the world there's there's, uh, concerns being raised about what do we do about that Europe is uh, perhaps the the strongest in saying there's responsibility here and there's going to be financial penalties and legal penalties if you don't uh, don't step up your act and we may be lagging behind in that regard but yes so digital literacy on our part is certainly part of the, uh, the challenge. Incidentally, one small measure that Canada has said, why this report, among others, says that Canada is not as susceptible is we still have paper ballots. So if there's an effort to actually interfere with the electronic voting of results, we have backup. We, we have a way to deal with that one aspect of in- election interference.
0: Yeah, well, I can vouch for that because I'm usually the guy that's here till about one thirty in the morning until the winners are declared. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing sure, doing
0: yeah. our election night coverage and then back in here at three thirty the next morning. Uh, and there are there, there were times I got to tell you when I say I wish we had electronic voting. Maybe not so much because of what's going on these days. Uh, the government well,
1: you is both. A- You just have to have a backup of, if you think there's an issue with the one that is the electronic side, which is susceptible um, unless it's hardened. It's susceptible, so then it's nice to have the backup just in case.
0: Very quickly, i got to ask you about a recent development uh, south of the border while well, I've got you here, and I'm glad you had some time for us today. Uh, Donald Trump canceled a meeting with Taliban leaders uh, because of a a, a terrorist attack that went on. This is a guy that spent the last, I was going to say three years, uh, long before that, criticizing Obama for trying to have discussions with the Taliban. And it's wrong, dead wrong, he said the worst thing they could do unless he was going to do it. Because this apparently was something that nobody knew much about. Uh, He canceled it, but nobody knew that was happening. So he was ready to have those discussions.
1: Yes, yeah, so, well, my first reaction, well, first of all, I noted uh, in advance that Pompeo planned to be on all the morning talk shows on Sunday, and I thought, hmm, what's up? Yeah. And, that's, and sure, sure enough, there was something up, and uh, my first reaction was, well, he said that mm-hmm. meeting was going to happen, but given what we know about him, he announces all kinds of things, was it, was it real? And apparently it was real, there was going to be a meeting, uh, whether the Afghan government was truly involved? Yes, apparently they were, and that's an important breakthrough. But now that's been cancelled. I think the mystery of the cancellation remains, let us say, less than clear. Uh, we, I think there's a certain amount of uh, we only see see the tip of the iceberg or what the spin is. So we, we don't. There's a mystery here. We don't know what's going on. I happen to have been following the Afghan situation from from its inception uh, back under the Russians and the Soviets and so forth. So. Afghanistan continues to suffer, and there doesn't seem to be a diplomatic way out. This is America's longest war ever. It is costing a lot of money, and that's, money seems to be the concern for the American president. He doesn't like spending money, he says. I don't know where this is going to go. Apparently there was some progress actually made uh, on a deal, but that deal may have been a very bad deal indeed. It did not involve the Afghan government in the negotiations until potentially maybe in uh, Camp David, but we seem now to be, whatever was going on, we seem to now be back where we were.
0: The rumor uh, that I'm hearing from a couple of different sources now on social media is that uh, this meeting was going to be canceled long before the terrorist attack. They just didn't like the way it was going. Any any yeah, credibility uh, to that?
1: Yeah, Who knows? I mean, that that's why I say there's still a mystery as to the nature and cause of Either the setting up of the meeting or the cancelling of the meeting, I don't think we have the full story on that. What it does mean is that the war in Afghanistan continues. And uh, remember, we had Camp Julian. We had, we had Canada had a very significant engagement in the Afghan conflict and paid for it in both blood and treasure. And we have a highway of heroes, we call, mm-hmm. where people were uh, our, our, our our heroes were brought back and. Uh, We had to honor that. So Canada has has had a deep engagement in the Afghan conflict as part of the Western alliance. And that Western alliance, in a sense, takes us back to this subject. Canada is part of a broader democratic Western values, internationalist uh, rule of law country. And that is apparently under direct attack by those forces inimical to that. Uh, which apparently includes both Russia and China and North Korea, and that's really what's at stake apart from the particulars of our election. The broader picture is we have to find a way to continue to promote who we are in a changing world.
0: Quickly, uh, one of the, the mantras, of course, by Elizabeth Warren and some of the other Democratic uh, contenders at this stage is to bring those troops home. Uh, given the uh, scenario right now, is, is that re- really practical?
1: Uh, James Mattis is (laughs) uh, now promoting his book. Mm -hmm. He will not talk whatsoever about Trump, but he will talk about issues. And I think there's no serious military and strategic analyst who said a sudden withdrawal of American troops is going to lead to a good result in Afghanistan. It's likely to lead to something worse. And remember the whole reason for going in. We're we're at the anniversary of Mm 9-11, and that originated in Afghanistan because of the protection by the Taliban of al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda remains a force. We, we, we still live in a, a world of international terrorism. Afghanistan was a, in the middle of all that. But we also committed to, in Afghanistan, uh, protection of women and children, and uh, protection of Western values, basically, broadly. Uh, precipitous withdrawal of troops when you announce it in advance is probably not a good strategic move.
0: Well, uh, we'll see what the next steps are and who's calling the shots in the White House these days. Elliot, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for this today. Oh, you're very welcome, Bill. Take care. Elliot Tepper, of course, an emeritus professor of political science uh, at Carleton University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.